Welcome to the third season of Courage Incorporated, produced by the Walrus Lab. Join me as we hear from courageous and powerful leaders from across Canada. They have the incredible task of directing the future of Canada and the courage of the nation. I'm your host, Duncan Sinclair. Entrepreneurship and creating a more inclusive and equitable Canada define Carol Ann Lee's leadership. As a Canadian of Chinese descent whose family has been here for multiple generations, Carol is a successful businesswoman with a passion to honor and preserve the history that Chinese immigrants have brought to Canada and created the rich and diverse nation that we are today. This passion inspired Carol to create the Vancouver Chinatown Foundation, which she also chairs. The foundation is committed to the cultural, economic, and physical revitalization of Vancouver's historic Chinatown. As an entrepreneur and community leader, she is front and center of a number of initiatives that are focused on creating a lasting positive impact in the areas of affordable housing, seniors housing, cultural and economic development. Carol, thank you so much for joining us today. Carol, I've heard you speak on the importance of family and heritage in shaping how people lead. How has your family history shaped your approach to leadership and the bold moves that you've made to create a greater Canada? Well, I feel very blessed that I grew up with a, in a family where I had wonderful role models. And it started with my grandfather and then was passed down to my father. And I think that, you know, both of them had a great sense of duty, duty to family, but duty also to community. So I, I think that that was uh, very much, you know, um, embedded in our family culture and philosophy. And um, it, it's been really interesting. We um, uh, just had an announcement that my mother made on a donation to 58 Hastings. And it has just been this incredible sort of whirlwind of media attention because, you know, I think that, and one of the things they've said is that, you know, it's the family, it's this history of philanthropy that has kind of been passed on. And I, it's something I'm really proud of and something I'm really grateful for. My grandfather and my father were both, I would say, community builders as well. So when I think about some of the lessons, so there's a sense of duty, but they would always take the view that, you know, they would be willing to do something even if they were less well off, but if it was better for the greater good. And I think that that was also something that I really took with me. And I think that has served me well. And my mother's side had sort of, I think, an equally interesting journey. Uh, my my paternal grandfather, he in sort of in the mid 1920s, went up to um, sort of the northern tip of Vancouver Island, a place called Telegraph Cove, to get a job as a cook in a in a logging camp. And when he arrived, they said, well, we don't hire Chinese. And they said, you know, you should try and go and find a job over. It was a place called Alert Bay. So it was across the inland. And that's where my mother was born and raised. So she and her five siblings were born in this, um, you know, it's basically a small fishing village. Um, and with a grade three education, my grandfather managed to send, you know, two boys and four girls to UBC. So, you know, it was a real, I just, you know, I admire him so much because I, I think about how easy li like my life is compared to today and think, what would I have done if that had been me? And so, you know, I just admire so much this sort of the courage, the perseverance and the, and the fact that, you know, they always looked out if I just you know, give the next generation education, they will do better. And so I think that, you know, both sides of my family feel very grateful to have ended up in Canada. Well, Carol, that's a great story of sort of personal perseverance by both of your families. 
And I guess the question I have for you is that as we're continuing to learn a lot more about some of these historic injustices that have taken place that you've described in the context of your own family, as we're learning about many different uh, elements of our society and various equity-seeking groups in our country, and we're all trying to work on a path to greater reconciliation together, what lessons can we learn from the story of the growth of the Vancouver Chinatown Foundation to help us create a more inclusive and equitable society for everyone? I think my whole life I've tried to be inclusive. I don't think it's sort of anything, though, formulaic or prescriptive. Um, but you, you you just want to sort of create, in some ways, a bigger tent where everybody feels like they belong. And I think that, you know, we just had one of our galas a couple of weeks ago. And I, I think one of my favorite comments was from somebody who said that was the most diverse and inclusive room that they had been in. And he sent me the email, and I had actually not looked at it that way, but he said every table looked like the United Nations, and there was camaraderie everywhere. So that's kind of the after effect of, I guess, the work that we do. And 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 for me, you know, I come from a, a, a heritage, so, you know, there was, it was very challenging for the Chinese um, when they arrived, really up until, so they they had a repeal of the um, Exclusion Act in 1947, but even when my father tried to get a job, uh, after graduating from commerce at UBC in 1956, it was still difficult, even at that time. But I think that what I learned from my parents was try not to be bitter about it. Try to change it, though. Try and educate, but but don't blame. And I, I think that, that we've created this Chinatown Storytelling Center where we wanted to try and tell the story of the Chinese-Canadian journey over the last 150 years. And although, you know, sort of our approach was Let's tell the story. Let's not sugarcoat it. But, you know, and, I, and maybe I'm not sure everybody would, you know, agree with this, but, you know, it would have been t terrible for anywhere my grandparents wanted to immigrate to. I mean, it was just that was that was the day. And when I look at it, I'm still very grateful that of all the places that I could have emigrated to, Canada was a wonderful country. And so when we think about the the accomplishments or the progress that was made, like from this one little enclave, like I think it's amazing we have three university chancellors in one generation. But it's not just the hard work and perseverance of the people that came here. It was in a lot of ways the goodness of the people that were already here, the Canadians. So, you know, it's that balance. And I think that it's really important for us to look at that because that is a big part of the story too. So I think that that allows sort of greater understanding. You know, I think that the way I look at it now is that, yeah, things were kind of, they were terrible back then. I'm very grateful for my family that they were able to endure, but we are here where we are. How do we move forward together? That, that's how I, that, you know, I think that's the approach that we try to take the Chantel Storytelling Center. Well, and Carol, I know that you've just recently completed your gala for this year, and I, I think it was like the first one in three years that you were able to do because of COVID-19. And I'm just wondering, through that whole course of the COVID-19 pandemic and the work of the foundation, what were some of the unique challenges that you had to try to overcome? COVID was particularly difficult for Chinatown because, of course, there was the, the rise of anti-Asian racism, so people didn't really want to come down here. And then, of course, the Chinese were afraid to go out. Um, and then in our Chinatown of Vancouver, there was a, a real rise of I would say a, a crime and, and and basically street disorder that made people not want to come here. But like everything in life, you know, a challenge also presents an opportunity. 
And up until then, we hadn't been as much in the community, sort of grassroots as we would like to have done because when you're out there trying to raise money, uh, we were building some big capital projects like, you know, $150 million social housing project. So it, it allowed us to go into the community and really get to know our neighbors. And what we were worried about was like, how are these merchants going to survive during COVID? And one of the things that we decided that we would do is we would try and reach out to as many of the local merchants as possible and let them know about the government programs that were being offered by the federal government. And um, we had kind of an, I think, an innovative approach. Sandra Stewart, who at the time was the CEO of um, HSBC, we approached her and she was very wonderful about it. We said, you know, we need to get somebody from your bank that can actually, when we find people that are your clients, we'd like somebody that speaks um, Cantonese and Mandarin and to basically hold their hand through the process. It's not to translate because we did all the translation, but it's basically holding their hands through the process to make sure they can apply. And in this instance, we thought the SIBA loans were probably the most applicable to the, the people in this neighborhood because most of them are uh, owner operators. And I think, you know, we met with about 80 businesses and I think 60 signed up for the, just the SIBA loan. So you can imagine for a small little neighborhood, that was, I think it was like, you know, almost 4 million, but more, so that was important, but more importantly, we got to know our neighbors. What are the issues that they're facing? What are the other things that we can help them with? So uh, that led to, we had a, there's nobody here really in the neighborhood that's like online. And since people weren't coming down, we thought, well, we'll, we'll, We'll buy things. So we had a big program. It was called Gifts from Chinatown, where we kind of collected, you know, items from various merchants, repackaged them. We didn't take any fee on it and just sold them during Christmas. And we sold that out. And that was really a great way. Gifts from Chinatown was incredibly popular. And then we um, decided that we were going to have something um, called the Taste of Chinatown. That was a walking tour because we still had um, COVID. So we had a walking tour. And, you know, I, I think one of the things we do very well here is partnering with other groups. So, you know, the food writers like Mia Stainsby from the Vancouver Sun and the Chinese Restaurant Award people, they would help promote. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're creating some really great connections in community. And, you know, at the core of what we are doing, it's, it's really about community building. So um, in the rest of the year, what we did in, in um, September of 2021, we thought, one thing to try and get people back into the neighborhood was to have a big street festival. So we had something called Light Up Chinatown. And we put it together in about three and a half weeks and we had 8,000 people show up. And so I think it was, you know, many of the merchants said that it was the most people they'd seen in 20 years. And it finally gave them some hope. And, you know, ultimately for me, I think that's the best gift you can give people is hope. And I think that that is, you know, we're very committed to that to trying to do things very grassroots to help the people on the ground. You know, it's interesting. I've been on some, as you know, some committees. I was on the growth council. So it's kind of at a federal level, but I actually really enjoy how do you take those, these great programs that the government wants to try and provide and get it to the people that they actually are intending it to help. You know, and I, I remembered a, a quote that Bill Gates, I think made some time ago when he was talking about the, vaccine program that he was trying to implement in, in India and how, you know, the last mile is the hardest. And, and it, you know, it really resonated with me. So, you know, it's really important to figure out how are you going to actually get 
the help to where it is actually most needed. And, and so we learned some really great lessons. I think that it, uh, the, the people in the neighborhood, you know, now could see what we were trying to do. And, and that relationship with so many of the, the local businesses has really grown over the last three years as a result. I think it's a, it's a great example of how the Vancouver Chinatown Foundation has, has created a great working relationship with multiple levels of government from the city of Vancouver, BC Housing, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, Vancouver Coastal, and then all of the other you know, private sector organizations you've mentioned to support the needs of low-income residents. And what, in your opinion, are sort of the keys to your success in how you're leading the organization to create these partnerships between the public and private sectors to create this kind of positive change? Well, I think that one of the things is, you know, I grew up with was understanding the importance of relationships. And so one thing I always try and do is we want to be a very good partner. And if we look after our partners um, and think about what is in their best interest, hopefully they'll always stay with us. So, you know, just thinking about the project at 58 West Hastings, now that took 10 years. I think probably most people would have given up. So maybe I have to add perseverance as well. But, um, you know, that was very complex because we had three levels of government involved. It's a $150 million housing project with the federal government, uh, the BC government, and the, um, the civic government, as well as the uh, health authority for Vancouver. Um, but, you know, it's been really wonderful to watch the last couple of years, just how now that we've broken ground and people can actually see what is being created, there's a lot of excitement for this project because, you know, it's being built in the heart of the downtown east side. I'm sure many people who are uh, familiar with Vancouver um, have heard of the downtown east side and the challenges that we're facing there. And, um, you know, I'm very proud. My mother just made a, a very large donation to name the health facility. And I was actually surprised at what kind of positive feedback we've gotten from this, you know, this, this donation. Um, but I think it was because there was relevance to her story and why she wanted to give the money there. So she was, you know, grew up in Alert Bay, came down to Vancouver when she was 16 and went to UBC and became a nurse. And she was a public health nurse actually in the downtown east side. So for her whole life, she's been interested in health and she particularly has a fondness for the downtown east side. So when we announced her gift at, um, at the gala, it was like there was an overwhelming you know, sort of positive response. And, you know, my mother's 88 years old. And this was actually her donation. She had, over the course of the last 30 years, buying, you know, a few apartments here and there. And we've been very lucky. She's been very lucky because the real estate market has been good. And so she decided she was going to sell them and, and, and do this naming. And I, I think that it's, you know, it, it takes somebody to do something like this. And I actually think that there's going to be other people that follow in the footsteps because you can see what a big impact that it, something, you know, can have on a community. So I'm just sort of thinking about, this sort of idea of partnerships. Um, as you said, we recently had our autumn gala and I would say all of our partners, all of our sponsors have pretty much been there right with us right from the beginning. And I do want to say that we've um, loved our relationship with Deloitte. Um, they've been with us um, really and been very heavily involved right from the beginning. And, you know, it's not just, you know, I think that some of the relationships that we've had 
why they're more effective is because it's not just a transaction. It's not like, oh, we're going to sponsor your gal and we're going to give you a check. There's a real integration of our of our organizations. And I think that it's really beneficial, not just for us, the foundation, but also for, you know, companies like Deloitte. It's really meaningful. And I think that, you know, this next generation, um, it's no longer, and I've heard this from many companies that, you know, writing the check isn't really what they, the sort of the, the younger generation are interested in, like, what kind of positive impact are we having in communities? And I think this is something really, it's an exciting opportunity because there's lots of groups like the Chinatown Foundation that could use help and could use, you know, the kind of help that companies like Deloitte can offer. So I think that um, it is, in some ways, it's not a new model, but it was one that we we tried to, to, to really sort of embrace about five years ago. Let's have it so that we're actually working sort of, I would say, in partnership with companies. And we work closely with a lot of them. We've been really, really, really fortunate. Well, and, and Carol, it's been a real honor for all of our people to be involved with the Vancouver Chinatown Foundation. I think that what has been accomplished in some of the projects and some of the genuine care that's been demonstrated to the broader community is terrific. And I think it, you're absolutely right that there is an important role that business plays in every community, you know, trying to replicate this success and create support for different groups across our country. And I think that what you've achieved and what the foundation has achieved is a real model to replicate in terms of the authenticity of it. And I really love the story about your mom and this and her sense of the real sense of connection and meaning to the community and the impact that it would have as opposed to, as you said, you know, just writing a check to a good cause. And, and perhaps we could sort of pick up on that theme a little bit in moving beyond your community work. I've read that you support cultural awareness by helping next generation entrepreneurs in a variety of industries. I understand recently you've gotten involved in the food industry. And I'm just curious what inspires you to decide on a new venture and, and how important it is for you to see a connection between a new venture and the community that's a part of serving. Well, there was some method in the madness there. I know that my, but when I first told my father I wanted to open a restaurant, he really was going to want to strangle me um, because it is really one of the hardest businesses I've been in. But the reason that I wanted to open a restaurant was because actually the strategy of revitalization um, is based on three interconnected pillars, physical revitalization and, and social housing cultural revitalization and economic revitalization. And we felt that in a Chinatown, um, a thriving restaurant business was an essential. And, you know, I was, the problem was that a lot of the restaurants that were coming, they were fantastic, but I was looking for something that was more traditional. And so I decided that I was going to open one myself. So because it was too risky for the foundation to do. So I said, okay, I'll do it on my own. And um, just to give you an example of how lucky I am to still be operating, um, I did this with my assistant. So at the time, she had just graduated. It was in 2017. She just graduated from UBC. And, we, you know, we were sort of doing this off the side of our desk. And I, I had tragically my business partner, sort of, I would say, the brains of everything became quadriplegic. So we're kind of scrambling around. Um, but her... So we managed to open, and we're I'm very proud to say that um, we've got about 1,100 Google views, and we are actually the highest-rated Chinese restaurant in Vancouver. I'm not, not the fanciest, but the highest uh, reviews at, at, at 
at 4.6. And I think that, um, you know, we, we, we were surprised actually that we were able to sort of continue operating because my assistant's uh, godfather, who was Chinese from Texas and had restaurants said, I gave you girls 0% chance of survival. So it wasn't five, it wasn't 10, 0% chance. But I think it just goes to show you how important it is to just, you know, believe in something, you know, continue to pivot, continue to refine. And it has become a wonderful community restaurant, I think, an asset for the neighborhood. I am crazy because I'm going to be opening my second restaurant in the new year. It's called the Ho-Ho. And it is, uh, it's a restaurant that was originally opened in the 1950s, a beloved, iconic restaurant. And I want to bring that one back. So it's taken me many, many years. And I'm, I'm terrified, but hopefully it'll all work out. Well, Carol, that's a great story. And I have to say that the next time I'm in Vancouver, I certainly hope to be able to get a table because it sounds like a wonderful place to go. And, and to celebrate the breadth of the community and all that you're accomplishing. And, and thank you for that. And best of luck in the new venture. I think it's wonderful that you're sort of bringing that, that history and sort of revitalizing, you know, a landmark institution back into the community again. And, and I'm sure it will be incredibly successful. Yeah. And I think, you know, restaurants are a great way to revitalize. You know, they're, they're, they gather people. And, you know, I feel very honored. Yesterday, you're in Toronto. We had Sue Sir Lee came. And uh, I think a couple months ago, I think Alvin Chung, who's I, I think the the has the 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 only one star Chinese restaurant in Toronto. So it's be kind of coming. It's kind of a little bit of a pit stop. And I like the fact that you know someone said it probably has the widest range of of income levels of any restaurant in Vancouver. And that's to me is kind of the whole idea about you know being accessible to everybody, to everybody kind of being included. And um, I think it's really kind of reflective of the history of Chinatown itself. Well, Carol, your history and your family's history is really one of taking the risk to grow and creating really positive change for the broader community. And so, as I've heard you say, if something is important, then you should do it. So what advice do you have for the next generation of Canadian entrepreneurs who are wanting to make an impact? Dream big. My father actually, you know, in the beginning, he actually told me not to do this because he said it's impossible. And I said, but if we're not going to do it, you know, who will do it? So everything is possible. Um, so I think the advice um, I remember from my dean, um, John McCarthy, was dream big. And then finally, Carol, as we sort of wrap up this conversation, and thank you again, it's been an absolute delight. What's the next important thing for you beyond your new restaurant? So for me, I, I want to make sure that everything is sustaining, self-sustaining. So, and I think that I'm probably, you know, maybe a couple of years away from that. My next big thing, I'd love to create, I had a skin company before I, I did this. I'd like to go back to that and create a model for the 21st century. You know, I graduated from Harvard Business School. I think it was a very different time. You know, the um, shareholder was you know, all important. But as we've seen that, you know, we need to look at things differently. And I love this idea of, you know, stakeholders and how do we look after people in our community? You know, I, um, I think about, you know, the Tom's Shoes model. 
people really supported it because they felt that it had, you know, sort of a, another mission. In some ways, my even my barbecue restaurant, I think, has benefited from that. Financially, it's actually very successful, which I'm shocked by, um, since my goal in the beginning was only not to go bankrupt. But I think you get rewarded today if it seems like you're trying to do good. So, so even a small example like, you know, Chinatown Barbecue, I think that in some ways, you know, I, I've heard from people, like, you know, a lot of people support you because we know you're not doing it to make money. We know that you're doing it to build community. So in some ways, it's really interesting that you actually get rewarded for it. And, I, and that's, I, I think, would for me would be, you know, the next thing I'd be really interested in doing if, I, if my business partner can stay alive. That would be, for me, really fun to see how do you create the new business model where everybody benefits, you know, and in a way it, it provides a lot of benefit to the overall community. So that would be, if I'm so lucky, I'd love to be able to look at that. And I think that's a wonderful vision for the future to hold on to, the, the whole idea of doing well and doing good. And I think, again, on behalf of all of us here who have not only had the chance to be part of this conversation, but have had a chance to work with you and partner with you in some of the great community activity you've done, it's an absolute pleasure and delight, and we're very, very excited to continue to do more of the same into the future. And so again, best of luck for the new restaurant of the new year, and best of luck in all the new ventures that you yeah. want to do. Thanks, Duncan. I really appreciate you um, doing this interview, and it was lovely to be on your show. Carol, thank you for your time today and for the insights you shared. Thank you for listening to this episode of Courage Incorporated. I'm your host, Duncan Sinclair. This podcast is a production of the Walrus Lab. Thanks to our producer, Camille Hemming, and our team here at Deloitte. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and tune in again soon to meet our next courageous leader.